And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the planet, we're Red Eye Radio. Good morning. Download our app today and listen when you want. Well, in sports yesterday, congrats to uh, Georgia, the uh, college national champs in football, eking out a victory over... Just barely. Just a last-second victory over TCU. Final score, 65-7. to 65-7. to seven. That's what I woke up to. It's like, what? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. 65 to 7. It's going to be pretty depressed at Buffalo Brothers, which is right across the street from TCU. I'm going to stop. Right. Yeah. You were just talking about it. Stopping by there this weekend. It's 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 like, oh, man. Mm. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Yeah. And and, and I just, you know, it's like going through social media. Well, look at the positive. It's like, "Mm." okay. Well, okay. (laughs) Maybe next week. (laughs) Well, the positive is that they set a new record. That's that's true. I mean, it's not one you want to promote. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, it wasn't a shutout. (laughs) I mean, if you're the coach back in the locker room, well, it wasn't a shutout. 65 to 7. Wow. Yeah, Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. But. Oh, well, <laughs> I don't have any, any encouraging words. Uh, number one, I would be the last person to, you know, to, to, to give them any guidance anyway. But, <sighs> well, yeah, look, here's an, from from someone who's uh, whose team lost four Super Bowls in a row. So if you lose, well, if you come in second place, just say, we can get there again next year. This is where it all comes together yeah. at Buffalo Brothers, right? <laughs> right? As you mentioned, I think you mentioned just yesterday that it's yeah. kind of a TCU bar because it's in the neighborhood. It's, it's it there. is a TCU. It's a TCU. You know, it's so. a TCU Buffalo Bills bar. Well, it's then, bizarre. I think you should. It's 
Bazaar, but great. Yeah, I think you should uh, 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 go there and 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 spread that. Uh, oh no, because the Buffalo fans <laughs> will have my head if I start making <laughs> with them in the playoffs. Now it's like, yeah, what? Shut up! Mm-hmm. Don't bring up the curse. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. Wow, that is a tough one. But uh, congrats uh, to the uh, Georgia Bulldogs. That was yeah, a, uh, yeah, that was a dominant, dominant performance. Apparently, and unless you just got lucky a lot, it appears to be. <laughs> they just got lucky. <laughs> yeah, yes. It's not as lopsided as it seems. <laughs> the score was closer. Oh. The score was closer than it looks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Game was a lot closer than the score. Uh, yeah. Well, it's uh, you know, again, it it wasn't a shutout. <laughs> could have been worse. Uh, could have been a shutout. But um, see, and, and any time right now, will you will you look for the positive signs? It's not of it, that. You know, yeah, you can look at the season and say, yeah, you know, it's a great season. But yeah. right now. Anybody you say it to is like, just shut up. <laughs> well, I feel bad for the seniors, right? I mean, oh yeah, it, yeah, because you know this this is it, and then it's that's a tough plane ride home. You know, yeah, oh yeah, and and so now it's all right. You know, the stories that'll be told. Well, you know, we got to the championship one time. Well, how'd that go for you? No, here's not a, not that yeah. actually you would have to ask no. because this one is in the record books. No, you you uh, you have to look for the bright spot like the like, okay like the Bills did, which was right. Right. you know no other team has ever gotten there four times in a row, and to get to that point you have to be a good team. Well, what about when you get there? Shut up. <laughs> yeah. No. Look. <laughs> uh, clearly, they made it to the big game, so you know TCU. Um, you know, I, I would say, I don't know how many, how many are, are, um, aging out, how many seniors they have on their, on their team. Um, but, um, there's always next season. <laughs> I mean, that's the only thing you can say, right? Oh, I, I, Good I, luck next I've got year. it. Cause I did see a little bit at the end of the game. The TCO basketball team is nationally ranked. So, right. So you there can you win go. Maybe you can win look, it. They've, look, over the years, they've had a, a very, very good. Yeah, they have. Program. Yeah, they really have. You know, so, I mean, honestly, uh, quite honestly, that is yep. a record over the years to be proud of. And to be a part of that, I'm sure, for the even for those seniors uh, that were on that uh, grueling plane ride home, maybe that that would, you know, that's maybe some consolation. You're part of a, a uh, fairly long, healthy, athletic uh, program there at TCU. Now, here's a positive sign. You're young. There's a lot of life to ah, live. Yeah. <laughs> and learn, it's a learning experience. All right. There you go. We, we've, we've gone through as as much of the possible sports rhetoric as, yeah, exactly. as we could. Yeah. You know, you and I were talking about the, uh, the whole thing with Disney and going to a four-day work week and talking about young people. And I, look, I, we, we understand not – look, just like we old folks – uh, everybody in my age demographic is not the same, and neither is everybody in the younger demographic. Now right, we right. know yeah. that there are a significant number of uh, people, especially in younger de- age demographics, that wish to work a particular job or wish to be able to dictate the terms. There is an entitlement mentality that is greater than when I was growing up, but it doesn't encompass at all all young people. 
but it is out there, and I believe to a, a, a greater extent. But you and I also talked about the fact of with inflation, and if you're young and it's like, wait a minute, the transportation to go to work. I mean, these, these are le- legit, uh, uh, you know, complaints that people have uh, taking an hour, hour and a half. You know, if mm. you even if you take public transportation, I remember when I when uh, before, well, my brother and I had a car together and I just I can't remember why, but he was using it more than I did. I remember when I went to college and I had to take, you know, the bus. Oh, mm. probably from the community college I went to 25 miles downtown. Now, it doesn't sound like that would take a long time, does it? Except when you have a bus stop. <laughs> Every half a mile, and yeah. traffic lights all the way in. It right. was an hour and a half. Yeah, and so that's you know, and so it was an hour and a half, and probably then later at night to get home, uh, it was another hour. That's two and a half hours a day. Such a huge amount of time when you think about it. So I understand why some people wish to, you know, probably from a con a legitimate convenience standpoint, and also cost standpoint. But I was looking at this uh, story analysis in the Wall Street Journal about the uh, the mass transit systems right now. That a lot of we talked about a lot of young people wanting to live downtown, you know, take public transportation, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're saying that uh, the ridership drop is just huge. And they believe, like for example, in New York City, they're back to like two thirds of where they were before, but they're still fifty million people short a month taking the public transportation system. Yeah. They can't afford right. to do it. Right. And the emergency funding has ended right. and Congress isn't going to keep throwing emergency funding of hundreds of not excuse me, tens of billions of dollars at these public transportation systems. They did it during COVID, but that's not going to continue. And they say that uh the ridership only uh supplies one third of their income. The rest has to come from state aid, federal aid. Nobody's got the money. Yep. And so they're thinking of uh, in New York of cutting a lot of the service on Monday and Fridays when uh, the usage is down a lot. And they say one of the problems is because fewer people are using it, the the uh, the you know, the crime rates going up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's more deserted a lot of these times. Mm-hmm. The crime rates going up. And they said the these experts on public transportation saying just one feeds into another. Uh, San Francisco, Mm. uh, uh, BART there recorded 3.7 million trips in November, a little more than one-third of the ridership before COVID. Systems in Chicago, Philadelphia, and Boston also remain short of their pre-pandemic user numbers, deepening the financial strains in cities such as Dallas and Cincinnati, where public transit budgets are mostly funded through sales tax revenue, and more people uh, commute by car, user declines uh, haven't hit as uh, as uh, as hard. Mm-hmm. In the U.S., there were over there were 883 million fewer public transit trips in the third quarter of 2022 compared with the same period in 2019, mm-hmm. according to federal data uh, from the American Public Transportation Association. The decline is particularly acute among the so-called choice riders, people who have access to a vehicle but choose to take mass transit. This group includes office workers who tend to favor commuter rail over public buses. 
for New York City's transit system, the nation's largest by usage. Changing ridership patterns of uh, are having a big impact. Before the pandemic, subway usage peaked on weekdays when extra trains were put in service to accommodate rush hour crowds traveling to business districts in downtown and downtown uh, Manhattan. Uh, ridership is now recovering faster in the working class neighborhoods of Brooklyn, Queens, and the Bronx than at subway stations in those business districts. Uh, driving the drop in midtown and downtown users is a loss of office workers, some who whom are now only going into the office three days a week instead of five. And that makes a huge difference. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to do in the, because they, they believe that, for example, the ridership has peaked in New York. Hmm. That it's not going to get any more. And they're still, for November, they were thirty mil, or 50 million uh, rides short from where they were before COVID. Right. So, you know, you look at you look at all that when you think about it too, when the Democrats are pushing everything is pub- needs to be public transportation. Right. And now fewer people are taking it. I think a, a number of things, you know, depending on which city you're talking about, but in major cities, um, you know, uh, we have seen across the board a rise in crime. And as you point out, all right, if there are fewer people on the trains in New York, then they're going to, the opportunists, the criminals who are opportunists, they're going to take advantage of that. Um, then beyond that, how many people looked at it and said, all right, I don't want to be standing in a sardine can for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour a day after COVID. And, you know, I, I don't know. Because we don't have, you know, that data in front of us. But the fact of the matter is, and and how much of it is people, you know, again, working from home, moving out of the area. It's probably a combination of all the above. But what's the biggest driver? Well, local officials don't have time to figure that out. You've got to figure out what can we afford to keep doing and providing and I, I honestly wonder. I mean, this, this goes along with the conversation about, you know, Disney and other major companies saying, all right, come back to work in the office. I, I don't know if it's permanent or just temporary, and maybe it is in the next few years. We've got it behind us, and, and it was just a blip, relatively speaking. Or maybe it is permanent in, in terms of how people decide they're going to live and work. Because there's, you know, there's going to have to be uh, that balance. There's going to have to be for individuals who are okay with quiet quitting. Then, and you're saying, well, you've got to come back to work. Well, okay, I got to stand in a sardine can. I can't quiet quit at work as easy. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and all these things, and, and it's costly. It consumes a ton of time. These are the things that, 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 that these employees, you know, if you look at Disney four days a week, well, that's not a five days a week. That wasn't a gauntlet necessarily. And that's the whole point is that because the first thing I thought of was, well, why only four? Well, it's only four because they realize that this is, this has to be negotiated. You're going to have to ease into this and maybe a four-day work week, and then working one day from home 
is going to be the norm. But for right now, things have shifted in a big, big way on many different levels. And I don't know. Maybe it gets back to normal in a few years, or maybe it never gets back to normal. 86690 Red Eye. Starting and charging system-related issues are one of the most common causes of winter breakdowns. So when your batteries talk, it's important you listen. Knowing the warning signs that could indicate your electrical system needs attention can help you avoid getting stuck out in the cold this winter. Dim lights are an early warning sign that your alternator is degrading and near the end of its life cycle. Lights that are brighter than normal, on the other hand, can indicate your alternator is overcharging. Get a full electrical system check if you notice your headlights getting dimmer or brighter. This report brought to you by Luberfiner, engineering filters that are built to do more for heavy-duty fleets since 1996. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio, 86690 Red Eye. Let's go to Preston in Cincinnati about uh, working from home, the uh, the whole uh, Disney thing where Disney's requiring people to come back. Hi, Preston. You're on Red Eye Radio. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Good. You're on the so, air. Uh, I think, I, yeah, I think one of the aspects that is overlooked, uh, you know, given the last two, two and a half years of what's been going on, is a lot of you know, parents, you know, that are one's a stay at home, one's a go to work person, uh, given the ability to be able to work at home and deal with the kids, you know, is, uh, the ability to have two people basically making an income, uh, versus one. Mm -hmm. Uh, but then as far as, uh, like y'all were talking about earlier, you know, commuting this and that, I mean, there's a lot of people that don't live in, you know, much, you know, metropolitan area. Like I live outside of Cincinnati. There's no buses or taxes, you know, taxis or anything like that. Uh, so, you know, the, it is a long drive time, but when you have kids of different ages, I don't have kids personally, but this is what all of my friends and, you know, close family go through is taking care of the kids. If they get a job, they're paying a babysitter, you know, fifteen to eighteen dollars an hour to, mm-hmm. you know, watch their children if they have multiple children. I mean, that kind of cancels out, you know, to pay that much and then go to a twenty-four dollar an hour job. I mean, right, but the, take out gas yeah, money and everything else. But yeah. the problem is, is if I'm an employer and you're saying, "Look, I really want to work from home, so I don't have to have a babysitter," well, then you're telling me you're going to be babysitting instead of working. And and that's, you know, this is, it's one of the things that if it were a job that is going to be at home, work from home anyway, a lot of employers won't actually even approach it. But if it's the battle of what we're seeing right now with a lot of companies of get back to the office and the argument is, well, you know, it doesn't make sense because I'm going to have to pay a babysitter. Well, that means what you're telling the employer is, well, that. At times, I'm going to be babysitting, not working for you. 
And that's not that's exactly their point is that they want you there in the office. And so, you know, that's the back and forth here that we're talking about with companies like Disney and other companies. Thank you, Preston. We appreciate it. And and I know um, all too well. It's, you know, the cost of of daycare and babysitting is astronomical. I mean, it's it's unreal. So for a lot of families, it doesn't make sense. Um, I have a family member who does work from home. His employer doesn't mind, but his kids are a little bit older and they don't require 100% attention. But there's never been that we need you in the office. It was always a job where he was going to work from home. Call and join the conversation. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. 866-90-RED-EYE. If uh, you would like uh, to get in on the, uh, the show. Um, all right. A majority of independents. A couple of polls here. Mm. majority of independents want congressional investigations into the Biden family business prioritized. That's asking the question in a new way. Okay. Uh, a new uh, CBS YouGov poll revealed. So uh, I think it's 57, 57% of independents want uh, Representative Comer's probes into Hunter Biden prioritized, while 53% said the same for Joe Biden. Hmm. All right. 4% difference. Why would you say prioritized? I mean, that I would simply say, do you think you'd set the table? Uh, Joe Biden has said he doesn't know about his son's business activities. Yeah. Clearly, he does by the voicemail that was on the Hunter Biden laptop. So obviously, he lied about knowing about his business activities with the fact that the Biden, Biden family has enriched itself through Hunter Biden uh, with corporations that deal, uh, corporations that uh, uh, have close associations with the Communist uh, uh, Party of China and whatever go into the other ones too. I'm just using mm-hmm. that as, as uh, an example. Should uh, it should it be investigated where that money flow went? I right. bet you'd be. I bet you it would be way above. Because when you say prioritized. Well, do I want that over? Do I want that over, um, uh, uh, you know, cheaper gas? Right. It has you know? to be comparative in nature. When you say prioritize, then do you believe it's the number one thing right. priority over what? Right. Or you, the question's asked wrong. It's simply mm-hmm. right. Should he be? Should it be investigated? Right. Because Congress. It, it makes the thing that you need to prioritize one over another instead of doing all the things at the same time. Mm-hmm. But still asking it that way, uh, it's not favorable to Biden. Right. At all. So I just, I just, <laughs> just thought it was interesting how, uh, interesting how they ask polling questions. Because when you ask the question of do you believe that the, 
Joe Biden has enriched himself and should be investigated, the number is way higher. It's like 65 to 70 percent. Right. At that point. When you say prioritize, well, you mean do any do nothing else except uh, uh, investigate Biden? Because that's what it means. Well, that that's it. I mean, it, it it it's a broad term. If you investigate Joe Biden, can you at the same time maximize what you were going to do to try to get lower gas prices? Can you do both? With the same intensity. Well, of course you can. I would think. Right? I mean, what's keeping you from doing it? Right. All of Congress isn't investigating Biden every day. A committee is, and the investigators do it. Right. The politicians can still do what the politicians do. Yep. Which is look to write legislation while still doing investigations. It's the way that, it's the way that even polls... Uh, attempt, I think, to brainwash the public. Well, they're prioritizing this. What mm. about the starving children? Well, yeah. we can yeah. we can do both. Mm-hmm. They make it seem like it's one or another. Well, no, I mean that's the way it's been for a long time. And then, quite often, uh, if you would do a like a man on the street interview and. The, well, I think what they should do is instead take the money and, well, hold on a second. That doesn't actually work that way. We're spending too much on this, and we should take that money that they're spending on this and use it over here. Okay, it, it doesn't work that way. But when it gets down to it, if you if you get down to the heart of the issue here, do people want to know the truth on that? Yeah. Of course they do. Yeah. And that maybe that's how you ask the question. Would you like to know the truth as to how the Biden administration has enriched itself through Hunter Biden's dealings with foreign companies mm-hmm. and foreign governments? Right. Are you, and, and, and whether, are you concerned and, right, that the and, Biden family right. has been enriched by his public service? The, the Biden family and Joe Biden. Right. Yes. And when you ask that question, I believe when I, the polling I saw was that was over two thirds of yeah. Americans said yes, we want to know. Right. So hmm. we'll 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 see where that where that goes. Uh, Joe Biden's chief of staff has put his foot in his mouth again. This time, effectively declaring victory in the war uh, on inflation. Quote: When inflation was at forty-year highs. Uh, there was no shortage of coverage, but now he tweeted, pointing to a report that inflation for the second half of 2022 decreased to uh, 2% after climbing uh, to a rate above 7%. According to the data released by the U.S. Department of Labor on December 13th, the annual inflation rate for the 12 months ending November 2022 was 7.1% down from 7.0% the day before. The annual inflation rate was 7% in 2021. 1.4% in 2020. The highest annual inflation rate under President Trump was 2.3%. Naturally, Klain's ridiculous tweet was ri- widely mocked on Twitter. Again, the Republicans should make hay with that. Yeah. Right. And say the Biden administration is telling you inflation is over. Is it over for you? And then explain the fact that if we have 6% inflation or 7% inflation, that's still an increase. Prices are still going to go up. 
we challenged the article yesterday that said uh, that uh, was making the case has inflation peaked. Maybe it has. No, it hasn't. No, inflation hasn't peaked. The rate of inflation. But we're still paying a lot more and inflation is still well over the target of 2%. I don't know yet if they have the, let me double check and see if they have any estimates on the numbers coming out Thursday for inflation. Uh, Okay. Here's the median target, and this is the, um, so uh, the median target uh, for December core CPI uh, is is 0.3 percent. I'd be month, month over month. The the CPI, the median uh, estimate is negative 0.1 percent. We'll see if that uh, actually pans out. Uh, CPI year over year. Uh, the median estimate right now is 6.5%. And uh, core CPI year over year, 57 on the median forecast. So we'll see if that, um, where that uh, pans out as of Thursday morning. So uh, uh, 0.3% would be roughly... Uh, if you that would be monthly, correct? Right. Uh, so on a on a okay on a yearly. Okay, I see where you're getting. That. Yeah, that would be year over year, six point five percent. Okay, on CPI and and five point seven on corp uh, CPI year over year. What was it, what was it the monthly last month? Point two percent on core CPI and point one percent on the CPI. So it'd actually be higher. Uh, on the CPI month over month, they are looking at n- the median forecast. Again, median forecast, negative 0.1%. What about the 0.3? Uh, the 0.3 is core CPI okay, month was, over month. And, and before like? it was 0.2. Okay, so that would, that would be higher. So core actually is going up. Mm-hmm. Then. Which has been a, a concern that, from economists. That's been the problem. Right, exactly, yeah. right. And, and, and if gasoline as expected as is expected to do, goes up between now and springtime, that brings up the other one. Right. But Yeah. Well, that's a problem. Of course, CPI is higher in December than it was in November. That is not a good sign. Right. Month over month. Month over month. Yeah. That would be significant. And that, again, is the median forecast, yeah. which means uh, the that half of the forecasters... It, is I do, now I I don't expect you to have all the figures and answers, but, uh, but is that the high? Is is that the first time that core CPI has gone up since inflation in general has started coming down? Since the rate of June? inflation. The is rate dropped. of inflation. I don't, I don't know. I'd have to look. I'd have to look at that. I'd, I'd okay. Bring that yeah, I, I don't have that, that in front of me. That would be my that's question. question well, that's exactly. Yeah. Because that's what caught when you said I went. Wait a minute! You just said core inflation. Core inflation is going up. Mm-hmm. Well, the median forecast believes that it will, but. We'll see if that. Uh, well, that's what that I mean. It, yeah. But but what what are they looking at in order to get to that point? It, whatever whatever again, signs are looking at. That's which, half of the forecasters believe it will be that you know either be higher or lower than that. So it could be higher. 
then if it is higher, that's going to say a lot. If month over month, imagine if it's 0.4, that means it would be double what it was the, the month before. Yeah. Boy. And there has been a worry, as you stated earlier, mm-hmm. about core inflation in yep. general. Right. Which, again, is talking about the products that don't fluctuate greatly. And so if you look at some of the products that have fluctuated greatly, energy, for example, uh, what is it, uh, you know, because you look at what the last month in the cold weather, which helped increase the cost of natural gas. Mm-hmm. They tell you I'm waiting for my natural gas bill. Normally I have it. So they, they you told said me they my gas bill or something has been delayed. It's never, hmm. I don't know why. They just hmm. said it, it's been delayed a number of days. I'm going to check today. I checked on. That's the first time that's ever happened. Okay. I mean, I didn't get it. I'm supposed to have a statement in a bill. I don't have one. Hmm. Like, what happened? And I know it's going to be through the roof. Because right. we yeah. had some record cold temperatures, and natural gas is higher. Now, you said during that cold spell there was uh, some issues with uh, gas supply in your neighborhood? In in my subdivision, but not on my block. Right. I wonder if they're having to reconfigure, I don't know, the um, the bills as a, as a result of that. I don't know. I'm just wondering. <laughs> Because I'm sitting there going, well, then when's the due? I was thinking, when's the due date? Right. If you've changed, mm-hmm. and it, all it said was, we have cha- we have uh, changed the uh, the uh, billing cycle, the billing, the 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 statement date, the statement release date. Okay. But that they may have something why. to do with changing it after the new year. They wanted to change it for everybody. I don't know. Maybe that could be it. Yeah. yeah. Eight six six ninety red eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. Since you were telling me before the headline hmm. that was in the Hill.com, let me just uh, <laughs> sh- show you this headline yeah, yeah. Uh, in the, the New York Post. Mm-hmm. Piers Morgan writes, mm-hmm. Hypocrite Harry must now lie in his treacherous bed okay. just like he lies okay. about everything oh, else. All right. Okay. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's not going to stop. It's all over. I mean, it's, Fox News, New York Post. Yeah. I mean, my God. I don't care. The five things you need to know. The five takeaways from the book. The five takeaways from his 60 Minutes interview. The f- I what don't, you need I to don't know. Care. I don't <laughs> care. God. I don't care. I swear we live. We li- We just want to live in a pretend world, don't we? No, we do. Let's pretend these people matter. Yeah, I don't care. Let's pretend these people are of, of somewhat importance that we need to be involved and we need to be oh hanging on a thread for every single bit of information about what's going on in their lives. They're idiots. You're a whiner. <laughs> you were born almost literally with a silver spoon in your mouth. And you're crying about it. Shut up. I don't care. I don't care. But it's important, Eric, because it's the royal family and it's about tradition. Blah, 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 blah. Shut up. 
It's about this care. this liberal tendency to create a victim out of a guy who's anything but a victim. Yeah. But I've got to be a victim, and I'm going to write a book about it. Oh, God. And plus the fact that people wish – you know, this, that's the thing. I said it yesterday. We, you know, we as a society claim that we hate the elite, yeah. and yet we adore the elite. Mm-hmm. And we give them respect or a sense of importance mm-hmm. that they haven't earned. Right. They're, they're, the royalty, it's all make-believe. Right. They don't, have, they don't have any power. Right. They're, they didn't earn anything. No. Stop paying attention to them. Right. <laughs> Why do you care? Show me somebody with face paint on and on a horse and riding into battle, you know, like William Wallace, and maybe we might have a conversation. But, well, thank goodness, that's not happening and didn't happen that way. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the planet, we're Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our Red Eye Radio app today and you can listen when and where you uh, choose. Well, CNN was even covering it. This is CNN Breaking News. And we begin our coverage tonight with the breaking news that we're following. Classified government documents found inside one of President Biden's private offices. The records dating from Biden's time as vice president during the Obama administration. Wow. Oh. Breaking news. Breaking news. With the important sounding music behind dun, it. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, wait a minute. And and Wolf seemed excited. Wait a minute. Was this fake like the time he appeared in the movie Mission Impossible? I don't know if you saw that one where he pretended to be, it pretended to do breaking news to make oh, the bad guy yes. think like something had yes. happened. Yes, yes. <laughs> that was Wolf, wasn't it? Oh, it was. right. No, yeah. no, they, they took the mask off the guy. It actually wasn't Wolf Blitzer. Was it? Or was it, I, I, or, or no, someone was wearing a mask and the real Wolf Blitzer also was involved, I think. Just, was he? Oh, yeah. okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, I know, of course, the real I can't Wolf remember. Blitzer was I, in I, the movie. But, I, I just remember when it happened. Because, but I think he played himself for yeah. a few seconds. I'll have to go back and, and double check that. But that's the, when you play that audio, <laughs> I'm thinking, wait a minute. I, I never put that together. Is this Mission yeah. Impossible Wolf Blitzer or the real Wolf Blitzer? But this is a problem for the Biden administration. And quite a gift, as the liberal media has pointed out, to the former president, Donald Trump, and I think, in turn, the GOP. We played a few audio cuts. This this wasn't the first audio cut we played on this. We played a few earlier. Some of the panel discussions going on that said, no, this is a real problem. And no, now this is sticks with him. Sticks with him all the time. He, they, you know, Now they can't come out and say, Donald Trump did this. Well, so did you. Interesting, because Representative Comer said... In their investigation, they found out every single ex-president has taken classified information home with them. Yeah, right. And and uh, he goes, you know, this is something that happens all the time, and right. sometimes it's negotiated over a period of months and yep. years. And yep. and and so uh, I, I, 
we've always wondered why the, um, you know, after the election, because it's been over two months now, mm-hmm. why the Department of Justice, you know, after the election didn't come after and indict Trump. Right. Well, these were discovered November 2nd, mm-hmm. or they were turned over November 2nd, right before the election. Right. Is that one of the reasons? Does the Justice Department look at this and say, wait a minute, you know, we really, you know, we're, we are on... Is is the attorney general, is he hesitant to do it because he, number one, was uncomfortable saying this isn't something that we should actually indict. This is, should be a negotiation process and the FBI shouldn't have done it, but I'm not going to say it. I'm just not going to prosecute. And then when the Biden thing came out, he said this is going to be viewed as selection, selective prosecution by a significant number of people. So, no, I'm not going to do it. Right. And I don't know. I mean, I just wondered because I thought, remember, after the election, after the election, after the midterm is when we're going to have the indictment, the indictment coming down. Remember all the the excitement in the media about the indictment coming down and the indictments never come down. And, you know, you got the the special prosecutor who is assigned, but that's also yes. uh, in many people's eyes kind of passing the buck. Well, that was Merrick Garland. Right. Because that, you know, because that was we were waiting for it. And all of a yeah. sudden. Boom, this happens, and that wasn't expected. It's like, well, right. wait a minute, you have the evidence. Why are you doing a special prosecutor on it uh, now? And they have a U.S. attorney also looking into the whole Biden thing. But this is the mess when you start politicizing these things, as we said in the past. It should have been a negotiation. It should have been a negotiation that if you believe that that uh, Trump was not handing them over uh, for whatever reason, then you go to court and demand it. You get a subpoena to do it. Right. That's how you handle those things. Right. You don't do a raid. You know, you don't do a raid, as we said. You simply go to the courts. And you could have gone to the courts six months ago. Well, and it's it's interesting or, here. You point out the timeline. And it's attorneys for Biden, according to the story. What we're being told is. <laughs> and we have to phrase it that yep. way. Uh, but what we're being told is attorneys for Biden discovered this early November. And then they were, you know, they made the move. Here's my question. You, if you're Biden uh, or you're the attorneys, you're you're looking, you know, his attorneys are looking to protect him, of course. But you find this and there's no way you weren't. It wasn't going to be found eventually, right? You're trying to get ahead of it. And this is what? Six days, we're told, before the midterm election. Um, and then they, you know, according to all the reports, they notified the National Archives. Um, and so my question would be, what back and forth have they had with the DOJ through all this? Because it was the big, it was the big show. I mean, they, they brought, it was a raid on Mar-a-Lago. This wasn't a raid because it was discovered by his attorneys. But, uh, Biden's attorneys. But the question still remains, all right, uh, did, did they know that they had to get ahead of this? Did they know when his attorneys found this stuff 
how big of a deal was that? Because this really is a game changer. We're just now learning about it. But this really is a game changer with the whole Mar-a-Lago classified documents. If the special prosecutor comes out with a report, uh, which will be given to Merrick Garland, the attorney general, or whoever the attorney general is at the time. And that will it will go from there and then they will decide what to do from there. But it ultimately is Merrick Garland's call on the whole Trump thing. The special prosecutor can say whatever they want to and recommend whatever they want to. But the call to move on it, the action falls under the 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 AG's office. So does all that change now? Because you move on on Donald Trump and there is no way because politically we'll just, you know, back up for a minute. Um, Aside from the legal aspects of this. Politically, you move on Donald Trump and you don't move on Biden. And it's people will see it. The common person will look at this and, you know, common folk, not listeners to our show, but, you know, common folk, the average person (laughs) will look at this. And say, well, wait a minute. They found the same thing with Biden. They didn't do anything there. His AG didn't. And so there's no way politically around that. Well, and the thing is, it's the length of time. For six years, they've had it. Yep. Right. Six years. Right. It's, it's been out there. Right. Which, again, says, okay, yeah, presidents take it home and not discover, discovered, whatever. But there's always a negotiation that goes on. Uh, between it they should have never as we said early on when this happened you don't take it to this level you go to the courts you get a subpoena Mm -hmm. this was a show it was it was a show they've tried to do everything they can to get trump on something we'll get him here we'll get him on we'll get him on top secret doc documents well that's what we'll get him on you know that's that's the political ploy and you don't need to do the raid right all you simply do was you go to court and say, here's what we want. He has them. Here's a subpoena. You put him over by this time. Otherwise, then the court does it. Right. Not the exactly. Department of Justice. The court then does it. And the court says, all right, you need to present this in right now or you're you're uh, in contempt of court. It would never get to that point because they would turn them over. Right. Whatever they, Whatever claim they had wouldn't matter. Once a subpoena is out, exactly. they turn them over. Right. That's how you approach this. You do right. it through the court. Right. They didn't want to do it that way. They wanted the show. Yep. And so they can claim what they want, but that's what they wanted. It was unprecedented. They shouldn't have done it. And so now this comes out. And then you see the the uh, the audio of Biden and the reporters screaming the questions at him. That's all it's about, screaming the question uh, about it, and Biden just won't answer, turns around, walks away. It's like, wow. And the thing is, the M.O. of him doing it, and Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not trying to make a comparison. I'm just looking at the imagery of it. The Mm -hmm. imagery of him doing it is the same imagery of, hey, did you make money from Hunter? Yeah. In an influence peddling scheme. Right. Turns around, walks away. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think they've ever got that much of a question out, though, as, as I just did there. Yeah, right. <laughs> but you know that. But he just you know turned, ignored it completely. Everybody just ignored it as if it doesn't exist, and so that's the pattern 
that the public looks at and says, you know, there's quite a few allegations now and he don't respond. He's not not just allegations, but things that happen that he won't respond to at all. And we know in one that he did lie because he did respond once and say a few times and say, I know nothing about my son's business dealings. Mm -hmm. We know that's a lie because of the voicemail from the Hunter Biden laptop. Right. We know that's a lie. And so everything is suspicious from that point. So all of a sudden, there it is. You've gone crazy on Trump about uh, having uh, top secret documents. And all of a sudden, they discover you've got him too. And way more years later. Well, and to the uh, here's the question. We talked about this with in regards to ex-presidents. Ex-vice presidents? Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. And that would be, the, that right. would be you know, one of my questions. Okay. To what extent? And I don't know. Well, and this is becoming a big story because Biden originally and the Department of Justice made it a big story. Yeah. Right. And then Biden by, right. you know, saying what he said about you know, Trump doing this, right. how horrible it was, right. and then right. getting caught having top secret documents yourself, whether your lawyers turned them in or not, doesn't matter. They were there for doesn't six matter. years. Right. And you weren't president, you were vice president. And then conveniently, you didn't tell it to the public on November 2nd. Right. To be fully transparent. You lob it out in January. Yep. If you're fully transparent, you put it out in November. You couldn't put it out in November because the Department of Justice here was going after Trump. Here is, uh, and this is from thehill.com, here's the most shocking line from this entire story. Mind-boggling. The discovery of the documents was first reported by CBS News. <laughs> That is mind-boggling. <laughs> <laughs> because they seem to be only... They were the first on the story, and only two months late, instead of being three years late. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like they were on the Hunter Biden laptop story. <laughs> Maybe it was an accidental benefit of just now getting onto the Biden, the Hunter Biden thing. They were looking at, at all these, you know... Uh, scenarios and just kind of fell into it. Uh, but you look at this and, and again, any move, any action taken by the DOJ against Trump politically is going to be a massive, massive deal. You want to hand him a fundraiser? Yeah. That'll do it. Well, all of a sudden you've got the, the two-tier justice system. Yep. Yep. That's what the screams going to be: There's, one for Republicans, it, one for Democrats. It doesn't matter because then you know the liberal media is pointing out: well, they, at no time did the National Archives uh, request these documents to be. Well, I know we well, know, why we not? know that. It, well, that's, why why not? Well, here's that's that's the question. Well, and, and where is this call of of like it was for Trump? What is the nature of the documents? Right. What could have been done because. I can hear someone trying to defend the current president by saying, well, you know, he's not all there. All the more reason he shouldn't have 
classified documents. That would be my argument. And he's had them for years. It doesn't matter which way you go on this. It's not good. Politically, this is not good. And it only helps Donald Trump. To what extent remains to be seen. 86690 Red Eye. In November of 2021, the U.S. exported $19.3 billion worth of ag products, the highest November for exports ever. And we've just got the uh, November 22 export numbers, which are... Second highest. Second highest. That's $17.5 billion. This from USDA economist Bart Kenner. And so that gives us export numbers for the first 11 months of calendar 22. Agricultural exports through November were $179 billion dollars. And compared to the same 11 months one year earlier, that's up 12%. So we have $179 billion of exports, but Kenner says agricultural imports are $182.3 billion, up 17%. And if you look at 2022 imports month by month, the entire year so far has been the highest on record. And so with one month left to report for 22, the U.S. was running an ag trade deficit a little over $3 billion. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. The USDA report is brought to you by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Highway Diesel Fuel. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. For a clean, comfortable room. More cozy than your cab, Motel 6 will leave the light on for all of our truckers on the road. Smart stays on the road. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. If you want to get in, uh, the Republicans last night uh, passed the legislation to get rid of 87,000 IRS agents. Mm. That isn't going to happen, by the way, just so people know that. I mean, I've read some articles that just leave it there without stating it's never going to pass the Senate. Right. And that's in very important context to put in. But, again, it's the Republicans starting out by saying, here's what we believe. Here, Here's us on the record. Here's what Democrats believe. Mm. And it's interesting because the the debate is uh, uh, the debate is fascinating for Democrats to be saying, yes, but if we don't have these IRS agents, which for the most part are going to be targeting uh, lower and middle income people, because that's where the money is. The the Democrats, uh, you know, we, we know that the Democrats are going after unreported income. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And and so when you talk about millionaires and billionaires, they don't do their own taxes. Right. Tax lawyers do. Right. That's why the vast majority of them don't get into trouble. Mm-hmm. Well, Syracuse University did some on, you know, who's actually audited. Right. And we'll get into some of those numbers because some of the numbers are really surprising. Mm. Uh, the. Uh, the lowest income level, just to give you an example, we'll do more following the bottom of the hour, five times more likely to be audited than the top 1%. Bottom 1%, like much, five times greater to actually be targeted. And and that's what, auditing. You, that's what you have right. heard from people like Janet Yellen and these ideas being floated about, you know, um, flagging 
uh, every deposit in your checking account at 600 or above. And, you know, and at the time they were trying to, and of course it didn't happen, but this was the idea. And they were trying to defend it by saying, well, these millionaires aren't reporting. You're not, that's not millionaires. It's not millionaires. Not what you're talking about. Nope. They're going after, you want to talk to people who earn cash and get paid by cash, through cash payments for a living. And no surprise here. We'll talk more. Come on. to democracy if you don't download our app, Red Eye Radio. All right. I think that's a proper kind of threat we should put out there about our app. I, I, I think here, it's, it's true. <laughs> you are a threat to democracy if you don't download the app. Core speech? Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to coerce you to buy an app. Mm-hmm. Or, or, excuse me, you don't have to buy it. No. Download. Yeah, oh, you don't. There's, you don't if someone it, asks free. you to pay for it, uh, that that guy's <laughs> name is Brian. One million dollars, and tell him no. Oh, uh, anybody win the lottery? No, no. There's uh, one of the. It's tonight. Brian's saying it's tonight. Another billion dollar. <laughs> is it the Mega Millions? Mega Millions. Yeah. All right. Uh, now, in all likelihood, if you win that, you're going to get tax lawyers. You should. And and so odds are you are not going to be audited. Now, this is part this is a debate going on in Congress right now is the Republicans uh, last night. Was it last night? Where are we? What day are we in? This is Tuesday, right? OK, it was Monday. Yeah. <laughs> where where Monday night they passed legislation to get rid of the eighty seven thousand IRS agents that the Democrats passed last year that they wanted to get. So they could do more auditing of tax returns. Right. Uh, the problem is the majority of people, the Republicans have said, nope, because what you're focusing on, and you made it clear when they wanted to go after the $600. Remember that? The, mm-hmm. yep. They wanted to go after six, you know, uh, almost everything because what they're looking at is uh, they're looking for under the table income is what they're looking at now. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and the, the IRS, the majority of the under the table income is made by people that don't make a lot of money. That's just the reality of it. Yep. And so I find the argument fascinating because the Democrats are saying, but we need to do this because if we don't do this, then it's going to increase the deficit by this amount over the next 10 years. So the Republicans' response is, well, no, we'll just cut that amount and then there'll be no deficit. Right. And then the Republicans are saying, yeah, but what you guys want to do is tax the little guy. 
You want to go after and audit the little guy. You don't want to go after the big guy. Right. So on the day that they passed it, the Republicans were ready for the debate because that's when the story came out that a 2022 IRS tax audit data, a study of it, found that a taxpayer in the lowest income bracket is five times more likely to face an audit that would then that would a then would a member of the highest income bracket. The IRS correspondence audit process is structured to expend the least amount of resources to conduct the largest number of examinations, resulting in the lowest level of customer service to taxpayers having the greatest need for assistance, said National Taxpayer uh, Advocate Aaron Collins of the report. The Transactional Records Access Clearinghouse at Syracuse University examined internal IRS management reports each month, and the group noticed different trends by reviewing the 2022 data. Most notably, the group looked at audits, particularly considering the agency relying more heavily on automatically produced letters sent to taxpayers. The data showed that the IRS conducted 85% of its audits through these letters, which request additional information and documentation relating to specific items of interest. Overall, audits dropped from 659,000 in 2021 to 626,000 in 2022 out of 164 million income tax returns filed last year. The rate of income tax audits for those in the lowest income bracket hit 12.7 per 1,000 compared to 2.3 per 1,000 among the highest, a nearly five-fold increase. The odds of a millionaire facing an audit was 1.1%, so over 12 times greater. This roughly matched the similar numbers of 2021, but that rate doubled from 2020. Hmm. What they're saying is the increase uh, in this, and, and the Republicans are going to big time, the increase in auditing lower incomes came during the Biden administration, and all of this is to focus audits on lower income people. There you have it. You know, Janet Yellen trying to sell that whole uh, you know, uh, $600 deposit being the, the threshold for the IRS, um, story as, as, well, that's where the, you know, the millionaires are hiding money or whatever she was trying to, whatever malarkey she was trying to float. We knew exactly where this was going. We know what the idea is. And the idea is that people who earn a lot less quite often get paid with cash. You don't get to do that. And we're going to come after you and we're going to audit you when we see any variation. And think about this. You know, somebody um, uh, earning, I don't know, a million a year. And if they earn next year, 950,000 a year, you know, percentage wise, it's a little bit of a drop. Uh, Or the following year, they earn 1.1 million. Again, a slight percentage but you take somebody who's making 25000 a year and they have activity in their bank that looks like, oh, well, they may be 
earning as much as 35000 a year. Then that variation percentage-wise is very different. And that's what they want to go after. And Janet Yellen really made that clear, even though they never made that move, as far as we know, of, you know, looking at bank accounts and, and um, essentially doing that, uh, that ongoing audit. Uh, anytime there was a deposit of $600 or more, I really wonder, honestly, you know, that's, uh, you know, they kind of told their story. They, they showed their hand at that point. And all of this, the overwhelming majority of increases have happened here during the Biden administration. If you ever want to sell the t- sales tax, uh, federal sales tax, mm-hmm. instead of the federal income tax, this is the time to do it. Yep. Because Republicans are making the case that Democrats, and again, you can, by, by the Syracuse University case, you look at 2020, and then you see how it drastically increased when Biden became president in 2021 and 2022, and when the Democrats, in essence, really you know took over. Mm-hmm. And you sit there and you look and you go, okay, there it is right there. Mm-hmm. They wish to tax. They wish to audit. You know, the the lower incomes, but it is true that if you are getting under the table income, probably you're a lower income. Mm-hmm. If you're a millionaire or a billionaire, tax lawyers are doing everything. Right. They want to keep you out of that. Right. And so they're looking for everything that doesn't get you audited. You may not. You hire them to save you money, but also to make sure mm. that you're compliant. Right. If you're a million. And that's just the reality. So they, like I said, the lie, remember the lie? Well, the 600 will keep millionaires from cheating. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's not about millionaires. <laughs> what a lie. What a lie. <laughs> Come on. I mean, that's that's almost a bottomless Pinocchio. Well, if you think about it, um, you know, while the gig economy is different because electronic payments can be uh, monitored, you know, if you're working as a, you know, a rideshare driver or if you're working as a delivery person for, you know, the many different delivery services, you know, there's a lot of electronic payments that could be monitored and that can be tracked. But there's also a lot of and has been for quite some time uh, in the gig economy, but in, you know, in society in general, there's been a lot of people that that work for cash mm-hmm. and they'll tell you, OK, I'll give you a break. If you pay me in cash, you know, it could be a, an independent contractor, um, you know, it could be a number of, you know, types of jobs, but it's not the millionaires. And this is clearly their goal. Go after every dime that every person makes. And and in and enforce it in a way. Think about this. Eighty seven thousand agents enforce it in a way that is meaningful that gets the point across and this shows that they've been headed that way and if you add another you know eighty seven thousand agents to the uh to the payroll there at the irs you can do a lot more of it you ever been audited no man neither have i and I won't be for the Republicans made it where <laughs> number yeah. one, when Republicans cut taxes, as we've talked about before, uh, they raised Eric's uh, taxes and my taxes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we thank them for that, which is why if the Republicans lowering taxes, 
uh, raised our taxes, then we certainly don't want the Democrats to raise taxes. Because what could that yeah. possibly be? I, you know, but, uh, but but I will be less likely because I just don't have uh, any. As the, they took away all my deductions, mm, right? So right. and 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 raised the limit. But still, when I itemized almost everything I did, you know, at the end when I checked off with TurboTax, they said. You know, your chance of being audited extremely low because there's nothing for them to audit. Well, and that's the thing. Everything is, that is verified. If, if I didn't have a receipt, a hard copy for it, right. I wasn't going to write it off. I wasn't going to claim anything that I could. And there were a couple of things along the way, you know, I'm sure that I, I missed when you could, you know, when it was uh, a benefit oh, to, to deduct. A ton of charity stuff. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. you know, that was, you yeah. know, because it's right. like, oh, I didn't get a receipt for that. Well, I don't care, you know, because yeah, I didn't I mean, do it to get, I didn't the, do it, I didn't to, do it to get right. the tax break. Right. So it's right. like, oh, okay, I, I didn't, uh, well, I guess I can't run for president because they'll say, you didn't donate enough to charity. No, I didn't put it on my taxes. Exactly. And I, you know, I just wouldn't because I don't, you know, I, I, I always picture myself as having to prove it. Okay. And I, in real time doing my taxes, I'm going through that process and saying, I'm sitting there basically with somebody who's across from me enforcing the law. Yeah, exactly. I do. I do the same thing. So uh, I know when I submit my taxes, I'm not getting audited. They'd come over and go, there's nothing to do. Right. Yeah. So why are you wasting my time? (laughs) Right. Right. There's nothing fancy that I'm doing here. So, um, and most millionaires and billionaires aren't doing their own taxes. Right. No, I mean, if you're making that kind of money, you're looking at, you're looking for someone to help you keep as much of that money as possible. Yeah. But also, uh, as important, stay compliant. Right. So... When you look at it here, I mean, Republicans win this. And this is something we said. They're not going to get it changed. Democrats are still going to be in favor right, of it. But right. that's what you do. Mm-hmm. You put down the marker. Yep. That's what Republicans have yep. to do on everything. Well, because now. the story, as you mentioned, the story yesterday, you know, went out there and was floated out there. And a lot of it, a lot of the versions did not follow through saying, OK, it has little chance, no chance, essentially, of passing the Senate. They just kind of lobbed the story out there. And let it sit. That actually works for Republicans. I don't know if the liberal media cares about that or not, but that actually works for the Republicans in that they show that they did something and this is what they're they're right, doing. Right. Yes. You know, and, you know, somebody doesn't understand the process or doesn't see and follow through themselves and finding the rest of the story on their own. That's that's on them. But the Republican Party at least did what they believe uh, their constituents want. So. Hopefully there's more to come. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Just looking on social media, some of my friends, and uh, I, I didn't see the game last night, the national championship game that Georgia won. Mm-hmm. 
over TCU. But apparently, I don't know whether it was on the broadcast or whatever, but uh, uh, some there's quite a few complaints saying that uh, uh, there were uh, uh, broadcasters stating that uh, TCU is in Fort Worth, a suburb of Dallas. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> No. Them are fighting words. No. <laughs> just laughing. No. I'm just dying laughing that is, going, oh, yeah. no, 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 no. Now, I live in Tarrant County, and, yeah. and uh, you, you can't say, you know, like, for example, Arlington. Well, Arlington uh-huh. is a suburb of, of Dallas. We're Arlington. in the suburb of Dallas right now. You know, you yes, we say, are. Yes, we are. Know. Yes, yeah. and, and where I live, since my, my, my city is in Dallas and Fort Worth, mm-hmm. well, you know, neither wants nobody to claim, claims your nobody city. nobody yeah. claims Grand Prairie. Yeah, right. Uh, but to, <laughs> <laughs> no, but but Arlington, yeah. even I yeah. don't know. Probably you might be able to get away with that, even though uh, to me, anything in Tarrant County is a suburb of Fort Worth, right? Uh, yeah, right? I don't know. I don't know how if there's a technical, you know, definition. But yeah, but if it's in the, if cultural. it's in the uh, if it's in that <laughs> county, you would say yeah. Yeah, uh, but, but Fort Worth is Fort a suburb Worth of, a suburb of Dallas. Dallas. No, 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 oh, no, man. no, no. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.